I am here to talk about Christmas since that's a stressful time when you've got no contact with family uh, now that that's happened. And also probably to complain about um, fanboys who don't understand the concept of people just not all, not liking Avatar. <laughs> so if that's something that you'd be interested in uh, listening to, then uh, feel free to continue listening. Um, so yeah, I wanted to do an episode about how Christmas was this year, if for no other reason for me to listen to it in years from now and remember what this Christmas was like. Um, it feels kind of weird. <laughs> so with my sister being pregnant and going to give birth in a few months, um, she still has like five months to go, but still, it's just like weird to think about how this was the last Christmas like this and that next year there'll be like a, you know, like a six month ish month old baby that will definitely change like literally everything. It's just strange to think about, um, to be aware of. It's weird to be like in this precipice of time right before all these changes happen and just kind of waiting to see how they all play out. Um, uh, the actual Christmas stuff was fun, was good. Like on Christmas Eve, um, we, it was very relaxing. I just went to her place and we just watched football. There's really actually good football games on. They were both, uh, the two of the ones that we watched were very like exciting and entertaining. Um, so the time went by pretty quick and we opened up our presents and ate some chili and cornbread and some ice cream cake and um, then went and drove through a Christmas lights thing like we like they have around at least in the Midwest and then um, I went home. Um, I'm definitely happy with the <laughs> I think it's funny I like didn't realize until a couple days ago like oh right she's gonna get me presents. So I'm going to have like some new things. Um, I don't I don't know why I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she got me some paint. Like my, my favorite kind of paint. I like doing um, paint pouring paint, which is the kind where you put a bunch of different colors in like a cup of some sort. And then you put the and then you use and somehow like dump the colors out of the cup onto a canvas in different ways like there's different like kind of styles that you can do like there's like a straight pour which is where you just like dump it out um and there's ones like a ring pour where you dump it out like in a big circle so then you get like rings around it there's like um a, a split cup where you like put the cup upside down and then you like lift it up so they all get like inter intermingled that way or whatever other ways. Um, but anyway, all this rambling. <laughs> My favorite kind of paint is the Artist Lost paint at Michael's, which is a little bit more expensive. And so since starting to paint again, like in the last month or so, I haven't really bought a lot of it. I bought a little bit of it, but I didn't buy a lot of it because it's more expensive. And so my sister got me three of that kind of paint. Um, in bigger bottles, which I was really happy about. I 
came home and like ordered like a bunch more because I have them on buy one get one free um so hopefully that will be delivered to me soon because I just really like I really like that paint the quality of the paint is really good it looks really nice it shows up it just makes everything look a lot better um annoyingly that's why it's a little bit more expensive than some of the other cheaper ones I can get when I and try not to spend money so I got that and she got me like some slime um, which we played with majority of the time we were watching football, which was nice because I got, I also got her slime <laughs> and, uh, she liked that. So that was good. Um, she got me Animal Crossing, which I've been playing, which is fun. Um, something, it's nice to have something like relaxing, something that's meant to like help you unwind, like that sort of a game, um, where you're just like doing like tiny little tasks that seem very manageable and making friends with your neighbors and stuff like that game is. Although I do think that it's funny that the entire basic game is essentially somebody being a landlord or like, like weird, like indentured servitude or something. I don't know. It's like a mix of those two things because the entire basis of the game is that you're having to do these things to pay off your debt. <laughs> and the guy is like, saying he's there to help you but he's also charging you for everything <laughs> who wrote this game <laughs> anyway um i'm trying to remember i'm pretty sure that's most oh and she got me a weighted blanket i love weighted blankets weighted blankets are kind of i feel if you're a sensory seeking person, at least who's autistic, or even if you have ADHD, um, but I, I'm autistic, so I can only speak on that. But I feel like if you're sensory seeking where you like, where you look for things, like right now when I'm recording this, I'm like rubbing my hand on my leg because I sensory seek like that. Um, then a weighted blanket is kind of a necessary thing if you can get it. Um, as soon as I use them, I can just like feel my body relaxing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so I'm really happy about having that too. Um, so those are all very like self-care sort of presents. Those are the kind of things that my sister got me too. Um, so gen generally the time I had with her was nice. It was relaxing. Um, that was all good. And then I came home and then got really sad because my mom gave me a present and I opened it up and it made me really sad. <laughs> Which I feel like is the whole thing of being no contact with parents. Like my mom has gotten me presents like birthday and Christmas presents. My birthday is in a month, exactly a month from today. Today's my sister's birthday. And yeah, our birthdays are a year and 11 months apart. If you want to be incredibly specific about it. But, um, Yes. Okay. Anyway. So, um, what am I trying to say? Sorry. I totally lost my train of thought after saying that, but I, it's so weird. The part about being no contact that is so strange, um, is that you basically mourn someone who's still alive. So like, it's this whole weird process where for like years of our lives, we're realizing that this person we thought we had in our lives that we love didn't actually exist. And so we're like mourning someone that never actually existed, but that person 
that we thought that person was is still alive. But we're like mourning them as if they've died. Like one day my mom is going to die and I'm not going to pretend like that like process is going to be easy, but I feel like it's going to be a lot easier for me than it would be for other people um, because I've already mourned her in a lot of ways. It's like this. And so, yeah, it's going to be hard knowing that she's like for good, you know, gone now. But when it comes for me, like a lot of who I thought she was is already dead. But it's no contact is so strange because you go through like all of this stuff going through all of that. But then at the same time, you like are confronted every once in a while with the fact that that person isn't actually dead. They're still alive out there somewhere. And people, you know, like talk to them and see that it's so weird. Um, and so it's like I go through like years of therapy and all this intense shit to mourn my mother and then every Christmas and every birthday she gives me fucking presents and it's and it's also one of those things that is the thing that made me really sad this time about it that usually makes me sad but in general uh this time it was that it's been five years this is the fifth Christmas since we've been no contacts and she had like she hasn't seen me the last time my mom saw me in person was like two weeks before Thanksgiving in 2018. Like it's been a long time since we've even been face to face. And that time it was, it was a short like talk at Starbucks and that was it. Um, anyway, uh, it's like this horrible thing that like, even though it's been that long since she's been in my life, that she knows that she knows anything or has any contact with me, she still is able to get me presents every year that are things that I generally like. And like, that's why I, the way I look at her getting me gifts is like, okay, my, the only way my mom ever showed any sort of affection of any sort growing up was by buying presents. Um, and that was the only way she ever knew how, like when we went new, no contact, she herself said that she missed being my mom. And the way that she missed being my mom was buying me things. And she tried to buy me like a book. And I told her not to do that unless, unless she asked me to see if it was okay. And, and she got like all upset when I said that, but that's what it is. And it, anyway, um, it's, what am I trying to say? I know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to find a way to put this into words that, <laughs> that are coherent for you all. Um, but it's, so my mom is going to give me presents or want to give me presents no matter what. And it's at this point, it's like, after everything she's like taken from me and cost me in my life, like the least amount she can do is it, I like to pay me back is by giving, by, um, giving me presents for Christmas and my birthday and like giving me money every month. Like granted the money she's giving me is what she owes me for money. She stole from me when I was in high school, but um, still like if she's going to give me, want to give me presents, I'm going to take them because especially 
the way that I am with money is like, well, um, I don't really have, I don't make enough money at the job that I'm working at to be able to really afford like a lot of the things that I like. And so if my mom is going to buy me some random shit, that means that the stuff that she gets me is stuff that then I don't have to get myself. And so that pretty much works out in the best case scenario. Like maybe like one day, maybe in the future, I want to believe that I'll make enough money where I will be able to buy, you know, just basic stuff, like nothing super fancy, but just like, you know, stuff, um, without feeling like I need to like, you know, save money or be careful about what I spend on money after that. Um, and you know, maybe then when she gets me presents, I'll tell her, you know, I'll tell my sister I don't want it or something like that. But, um, I doubt it, honestly, because it's just like, whatever. If she's going to get me this, I'm just going to open it. I'm going to see what it is. If And it's one of those things that, like, if I really don't want it, I can just throw it away. And nobody would ever know. So it's like, I can just do what I want with it. Um, I think the thing that is more upsetting for me, besides the fact that she gets me gifts, is the fact that the gifts that she gets me are things that, you know, I can generally use. Like, this year she got me, like, a $100 Visa gift card. And, like, as soon as I opened that, I saw that, when I saw that, I was thinking, like, oh, I can use that to buy, like, I could use that to buy food from, like, shipped this week so I don't have to pay for that. Or the other thing I thought of was, like, oh, I can use that because I've been wanting to buy a food processor from um, from Target uh, for a while now. Um, for a couple months to, so that I can make myself like smoothie bowls in the morning because I know that I need to eat fruit and vegetables, but I'm autistic. We hate how textures change. And so every time I ever do buy like fruit, like there are fruit that I like, but every time I buy them, especially when it's just me living here, I end up like the, usually the fruit ends up going bad before I end up eating it all. And so, um, if I just get them frozen and shove them all into a a smoothie bowl that I can eat every morning when I first start work, that would work out because they're frozen so they won't go bad. Um, and so when I saw that, I was like, oh, I can use that to get like the, the food processor or like the, like Ninja, whatever. Ninja has like a, a, like a, uh, like a smoothie sort of thing that is meant for just one person. Like it's meant the quantity size is for one person, which is what I would need. So, and it's like $60. And so I've been thinking about getting that. And then my aunt got me a TV a couple weeks ago and I need to get like a Chromecast or Roku, whatever to attach to it so I can watch like YouTube videos and stuff on that. So as soon as she, I opened that, I was like, oh, I could use that Visa gift card to get these things. And the other thing she got me was she got me a Trader Joe's um, gift card for like $75. I love Trader Joe's. I like that their food is interesting and it's usually pretty cheap. And they also have a good mix of like foods that I like that are 
on the more like healthier side, like I said, with like more fruits or veggies or just like different sorts of food that I usually can't get in other places. I haven't been to that store in like months because I usually go with my sister. And now that she's pregnant, like it feels mean to like make her go to a store when she's nauseous all the time. Granted, that's not going to be any easier after she's not pregnant and she has a child. <laughs> but still, um, I haven't gone in a long time. I don't remember the last time I went. It's been a while. It's been like months since we went. But uh, she remembers enough to remember how much I love that store. And so, yeah, that's something that I would def that I would absolutely use. She got me a gift card for their last year, too. And and like the thing that made me really sad for God knows what reason is that she got me some like chocolate, like candy. But she got me these like chocolate, like lollipop kind of things of Star Wars characters of like Chewbacca and R2-D2 and things like, and like Darth Vader and stuff. And that made me really sad because, um, because I love Star Wars and it just makes me sad to know that it's really hard to know that she remembers stuff like that. Like she remembers what I like, what I love. Like she remembers that I love Star Wars. She knows that I love Trader Joe's. She knows that I don't make enough money where a Visa gift card would be helpful for something. Last year, she got me some, like, sweaters and stuff, um, along with, like, the TJ, uh, TJ Maxx, around the Trader Joe's gift card. Like, it's just hard to know that this person remembers me and knows me well enough that five years after we haven't spoken, she still can buy me things that are useful and things that I would want, but can't, like, go through or to try to do anything at all to try to like do anything to fix our relationship. It's just like maddening. Like <sighs> yeah, that's all I can really say about that. And so I had a really nice time until I opened that stuff up and then I felt really sad. Um, and I got really sad again last night, which makes sense because thanks, not Thanksgiving, Christmas is just difficult. Um, I, w I was saying this last night, but I think the th hardest thing for me now on Christmas is seeing other people's kind of family traditions, even though I like seeing them sometimes. Like I like seeing, you know, families that love each other and all that, but it's also hard to see those things and know that I never had any of those with my family. Um, we never, we had like some traditions, but now all of those are stopped. Me and my sister have some things, but like not, it's not necessarily, it's not the same. And, um, and it's also a thing of like, one thing that's also hard is that my dad, when I was like 20, my dad threw out like all of our childhood things like having to do with Christmas and just in general, um, like all of the ornaments and things like that, that we made as kids, all of like the things we had as like little kids, like the art projects and stuff that we made, he just threw them all away. And my mom waited like an entire year before telling me and my sister that, because she knew how upset we would be. And we were both really upset. She told us like right before we came home um, for Christmas when we were both in college. 
because she would have she was going to have to explain why none of our ornaments and all the decorations and stuff we usually had were out um that's one of those horrible things that sometimes i get annoyed or it's a weird feeling of being annoyed but also like i have to laugh at it sometimes that um that i that i understand my dad because i am similar very similar to him like he did the stupid thing where he put me through the same sort of stuff that he went through so there's so many things that he would do that i am somewhat that i kind of have an idea of what he was doing because i know the sort of things that i would do so like when that happened what my mom said was that he threw the box out on accident that he was in the gar he was in the garage cleaning it out and just like threw that box away and didn't realize what was inside of it and like yeah my dad was like that like when we were growing up there were times when he would like go on like these cleaning rampages around the house where he would all of a sudden just like start cleaning everything and if like we had like homework like sitting out or like papers that we would need sitting out somewhere he would just throw them away um without looking to see what they were and I think that's like some of the autistic stuff because I'll do that sometimes like I'll like when I'm working um I always do better doing stuff like that when I'm working or when I have like a set time I was actually this is random but I was telling a friend of mine about this uh, giving her tips this week who's recently gotten an autistic and ADHD diagnosis and has been struggling on doing kind of like boring tasks like laundry and taking out the garbage and stuff like that. And I was telling her that I always do really well when I have like a set time. So like usually I do those things when I'm on like breaks during the work week or like on lunch or something when I'm working because there's only a certain amount of there's 15 minutes or like a half hour that I have to get that stuff done or even the times when I do that during the workday when I'm supposed to be working. Um, I know that I can only do it for so long before I have to like, you know, start working again because they would notice that I haven't done anything for a while. Um, and so because of that, that helps me stay focused on what I'm doing. And I also, one other tip I do is I listen to, I will play like a three minute long TikTok video that I like, and I'll tell myself that I'm not allowed to turn this off until I finish what I'm doing. And so when, when I get annoyed that the same video was playing over and over again, it reminds me that I'm doing this task and I need to finish it. And so it forces me to kind of stay, um, to like stay in my body and stay and remind myself what I'm doing until I complete it, even if I don't want to. And so like when my dad would go on those cleaning rampages, a lot of times like during the day, like I'll like take out, I'll like, I'll just not be able to handle anymore. And I'll go and take, like, I'll like clean out my like cat's cat, like my cat's litter boxes. And then that will turn into me just like taking out the garbage since it's easier to take both out at the same time. And then I'll do that and then I'll come back inside and then I'll be like, oh, well, I did that so I can like vacuum. And so the next time I take a little break, I'll vacuum and or like, or like organize some little things if there's stuff like organize a closet or just make things neater feel like change how something is set up in my apartment where it makes more sense to me I do that sort of stuff 
and I'll, but I'll do it all like in like these tiny little five, 10 minute increments all in like a day or so. Um, anyway, all just to prove that like things that I do are very similar to the things my dad did because we are very similar. And so, um, like part of me thinks that a good, I'm pretty sure that my dad throwing all of that stuff out was actually him just throwing it out because he was like mad or upset at everybody because that reminds me of like the times like uh when I was before well I can speak um up until a couple years ago I would do this thing where I would get really hurt or upset at a someone like someone would I would feel hurt by something someone said that was a good friend of mine and I would just be like okay like this person and I are done and I don't want to talk to them anymore you know those times when you get like all up in your feelings and you're traumatized and triggered and all that and you don't have like this space to like realize that you know once you calm down you may feel differently about what's going on right now and so even though the person doesn't know it I used to do this with the online friends I used to be close with and like especially in 2020 and even 2021 and even a little bit in the beginning of this year I would like follow them on social media and then I would get and then I would see them like talking about stuff and feel sad that we weren't close the way that we used to be and I don't know what they're talking about and then I would end up like unfollowing them or muting them because I would just be sad looking at their stuff and I don't want to be sad um but that's the kind of stuff that I would do or like like when I was younger I remember like a good example from when I was like 12 years old because I had like a best friend then that didn't go to the same school as me and I had like one of those chicken soup for the soul, like journal, like diary things where you wrote stuff in. And I wrote in a bunch of stuff about how she was my best friend in there. And then she called and said that she couldn't come to my um, like 12th birthday or 13th birthday party. And um, I was so upset like that. I didn't want to talk to her on the phone. I was just like yelling at my mom. Like, I don't want to talk to her. And my mom was, like, trying to get me to talk to her, and I just refused. And I was so upset that I, like, took out my, like, chicken soup for the soul journal diary thing and crossed out her name through the entire thing and was like, no, I'm, I, like, if she doesn't want to do that, then we're not going to be friends anymore. And then a couple, and then a couple days later, when she called back again and apologized and said that she got they got like a letter, they got like the envelope from me, but that it was empty and they just, and she just didn't call until then. I like, I still have a hard time believing that just because of how me and that friend were by that time. But when she said that, I then like went back and like rewrote her name in and all the parts that I like crossed out. Um, so I would do stuff like that. And honestly, the idea of him like feeling like mad or upset or hurt or whatever by something that happened then and like deciding to throw out all of our like childhood memorabilia things that Cassie and I definitely cared about because he was like oh they don't care about this shit anyway they don't care about me they're gone that sort of thing I can just see that happening and it reminds me so 
it especially reminds me of me with like painting that I would that before the last time I painted a lot in like 2020 into the beginning of 2021 um I like felt like I needed to I felt like the only reason I could paint was to like like sell them and so I the way that I did it was like I would I would think about what to make like yeah I wanted to make stuff that I liked um but but I was also thinking way too much about like I would see things that people would make on YouTube and then try to recreate it because um yeah it looked really pretty but also because I thought that people would buy it and so I and so after I got a, I had a bunch of paintings I like didn't know what to do with them all because I felt like it was like a waste of space and a waste of time for me to be doing all this stuff and to be spending money on buying like the canvases and paints and things like that if they were just like sitting in my apartment and nobody ever saw them and like part of me still struggles with that general idea like I'm trying to get by frames so I can put the ones I just started making into frames to organize them because I feel like if I put a bunch of them in a bunch of frames I'll be able to make more and fit more and I won't start getting like that panicky feeling of like feeling like it's all unorganized or disorganized and there's too much of it um like I did before but uh yeah so I definitely felt like that before and in the like the beginning of 2021 like February or something there's probably episodes on here of me talking about it um my landlord came over actually I'm pretty sure there is because I was really upset by it my landlord came over and basically said that he thought that um the paint that was on my clothes was like ruining people's clothes in the washer and the dryer that he thought that it was somehow leaving like these black marks on the washer and the dryer since now since then I've like I recently actually saw a video on TikTok of all places of someone who entire account is somehow about fixing appliances and um or like what's wrong with appliances and she did a the I just saw a video where they were talking about how sometimes these like big black like marks will show up on your clothes and stuff when when people have been using too much laundry detergent for like a long amount of time and it like builds up in the washer and it comes out leaving marks like that on your clothes. And so I think that's what that was because I've washed my clothes since I started painting again and they haven't said anything about how it's ruining people's clothes. So either way, I didn't think that it was that because like that seems stupid that it would ruin other people's clothes but not get on mine. It was really weird. <laughs> um, this was happening to other people, but it somehow wasn't affecting my own clothes when I was the one with all of this stuff on my clothes. It was strange. But either way, when they said that, I immediately just stopped painting because I was, I didn't want there to be any problem. Like, it's scary to imagine um, having, especially back then when my money was still very messed up. It, it would be terrifying even now, even though my money is a lot better now. It would still be absolutely terrifying if I had to move out because of how hard it is to rent places now and how much more expensive things are now. And I still don't make that much more money where I could afford to pay. Um, and I definitely don't have like enough money to pay like a security deposit and all that sort of shit that I would need if I would move. Um, and so just like the danger of possibly getting kicked out, I just like immediately stopped doing and after I did that, I 
the whole reason why my landlord or my the building manager even came by to talk to me about that is because he saw me throwing out like a bunch of my paintings and I did that I threw out like 30 paintings that I had and I just I like felt like they were just waste of space and I was never going to do anything with them nobody would ever want to buy them why am I wasting my time with this and I just and I and I just I like was crying the entire time I was doing it but I threw them all away and I have a pictures of all of them still like on my phone so like there's that but I threw most of them away and that that was like me doing like what my dad would do with like throwing our stuff away like I was really sad that day and and was just feeling like you know no one's ever going to want any of this I'm wasting my time acting like people think that I can do this I'm not artistic I'm not an artist I can't do this on my own I'm like fooling myself to imagine that I can I fucked this up already I keep spending money on buying this stuff and nobody ever wants it so it's like and I'm spending money on that when I that I don't have um and all that sort of stuff it it just feels very similar so I'm pretty sure that my dad threw that stuff away when he was just upset and then told my mom that he did it because he was because he made a mistake afterwards once he calmed down and then realized what he did but it was too late by that point and that is hard to remember like I was thinking about it on thanks yesterday not Thanksgiving on Christmas yesterday that one thing I whatever reason I was thinking about is like I remember when I was like six or so when I was in like kindergarten or first grade one of those years that we made like paper mache eggs and at school and I remember really liking mine like I, I can actually remember making it at school and really liking making it and like liking the process of making the paper mache thing and liking what mine looked like. And it was like a, one of the very few memories I have of me doing something artistic when I was little and, um, and really liking it. And that like paper mache egg thing was one of those things that they kept for a long time. And I can remember, um, always liking looking at it again when we would bring all of that stuff out. And that was one of the things that I can remember in those decorations that were, that are now like, that were thrown out like 17 years ago that still makes me sad to remember that this thing that I can actually remember making that I really liked making um, was thrown out because my dad's a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I think that's the hardest part about Christmas for me now is knowing that my family never really had the traditions like other families do that are, have a much healthier, like, outlook or like situation um and then on top of that the things that we did have are have also been gone for a long time and so even the stuff that my me and my sister do now are like things that we've kind of done on our own like for us it's like drinking Welch's sparkling grape juice we and we call and we call it wine um that's the kind of stuff we do now but that's like stuff that we started doing when we were like teenagers um, because, because everything else has been gone. It just, it sucks. Um, it also sucks that this week I don't have therapy, even though it makes all the sense in the world why my therapist has off. It still sucks. It just does. Um, 
Yeah, so that was Christmas. No contact shit is really hard. It's just hard getting things from people that you're usually no contact with and never knowing how you're going to how you're going to feel necessarily until after you see what it is. All right. So to transition a bit to yelling about James Cameron <laughs> and Avatar. I'm not even yelling about necessarily James Cameron. It's more yelling about um I just think it's funny with like fam what I call fanboys. Um there's this like particular set of fanboys that like you know how people talk about how there's like a rise of anti-intellectualism in general in society like one of the things that gen z people say a lot online at least is like it's not that deep but like it is actually that deep most of the time and they're just saying that because just because they haven't considered the like bigger picture of what they're looking at and so they try to shut down when somebody brings that up because they feel they feel they don't like the fact that they missed it and it's like what if you just take this new information in instead of trying to make other people feel bad or trying to tell them that they're wrong because they noticed this thing that you didn't and so there's like this certain sect of like um like critics like people who are who make a living like critiquing movies and whatnot that like miss things that I that are so obvious that I'm like I don't know how you've missed this um and I think it's so funny that the people that I see that do this are are all like the people that are saying that Avatar is a great movie and are trying to come up with every single possible reason on planet earth to explain why other people don't like it besides the reality which is that it doesn't have a very good story and the characters aren't developed really <laughs> like it's just so funny to me like it's an endlessly entertaining and like a funny in a ridiculous way to me that these are the people that like i said will downplay the importance of characterization or just like the fact that characters are like people and they have emotions. They look at things in a very unemotional like way most of the time when they look at movies. But then when there's a movie that they really like that other people don't and the reason why we don't like it is because the characters aren't very well developed at all. Suddenly they like flip everything that they usually say and start saying that like you should you can, you just don't understand this movie because you're not smart enough. You need like, you need to understand film theory and things like this in order to understand this movie. And it's like, I'm sorry, are you really saying that Avatar, a movie about blue aliens, like dancing around in water on an alien planet is a movie that people can't understand unless they know like terms that like people who go to school to get degrees in film theory would under like that's ridiculous <laughs> and it, it's just so funny to me because it's the polar opposite of what they usually say about movies usually what they say like at least i'll say this like at least the people who do this stuff used to when i was involved in star wars fandom these were the people that would say that the reason why they didn't like a certain star wars movie or whatever was because oh, this like tiny little factoid was in this novel or this comic book 
And because I didn't know this tiny little detail when I was watching this movie, because I didn't read it, that means that the movie is garbage and the whole thing is shit because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you don't need to know this little detail in order to know the entire story. That's like why the like, at least the Star Wars universe like that exists is because the movie themselves are supposed to stand up on their own. And like, you don't need to, you shouldn't need to know this, like access this other material in order to make what happened on screen make sense. Like I remember at the time, like I did my episode talking about why I don't like the last Jedi and how that's like a complete polar opposite opinion that I had when the movie actually came out. Um, but like, that was one of the things that people used to say about the last Jedi and they're completely right about that, which is that like some of the things about the last Jedi, um, that people did not understand about like Ray's motivation, why they did the same storyline with Kylo that they did in the force awakens just a second time. Like what was going on with like Finn and Poe and why they treated them that way. Some of that stuff became a little bit better when they put out like the last Jedi, like novelization of the movie. And they put out like some of like the novels that were like in the general world, but especially like the novelization of the movie. Some of that stuff became a little bit easier, like to understand because they were, we were in like the character's head and they could like put like the author could put things in there. But, like, that was one of the things a lot of people said at the time was that, like, the movie should stand on its own. You shouldn't need to read, like, the comic version of the movie, the novelization of the movie, other things like that in order to understand the motivations of this character. If you need to read those things in order to understand what's going on on screen, then they haven't done a good job. And that's absolutely true. I completely 100% agree with that now. That was one of those things that bothered me back in the day when I was like unable to take in critique for it because uh, looking forward to Star Wars movies was the only thing, like one of the only positive things about my life that made me want to keep going. And so if that fell apart, I felt like I didn't have any reason for anything. Anyway, um, it's just so weird how like I keep mentioning this, but I always go back to it. I just always think about how the like the people right now that in the last week have made a, like a bunch of videos talking to be like, I don't know why none of you like Avatar, like, didn't you watch the trailer? So you knew what the story was going to be. Why did you go into them? It's like, OK, watching a first off, watching a trailer is different than watching the actual movie. And especially when it's a three hour long movie, like seeing the trailer that is like 30 seconds long or a minute long or something is very different than watching the actual film. And like most of the time, like trailers are only like a tiny snippet. They don't give anything away. And I don't want trailers to give anything away. Like I don't even watch trailers for a lot of the things that I want to go see at this point anymore. Like whenever there's like an MCU movie coming out, I try not to watch the trailers because there's always a point where they give, start giving too much away. Um, ever since they put out a bunch of trailers for Civil War and they gave away that like Spider-Man was in that movie and that he was at like the airport, um, and all that, I just stopped watching trailers for MCU movies. And one of my favorite things about Star Wars was that, um, was that their, their trailers were always very like vague that like the trailers would show, would give you like a general like theme of what 
the movie was going to be about. And even though sometimes like the scenes and the trailers end up being in the movie or even if they did, but like the, like the audio that they used for the scenes was different than what we thought it was going to be like, and all that kind of stuff. It still gave you the general like theme or like, like, you know, story of what in a vague way of what the store of what the movies would be like. I liked that about their trailers because they didn't give anything away. And so it was it would be enough to get like fans excited and to speculate about what was happening in these moments that we saw. But it was enough where not, nothing about it was spoiled in any way, shape or form. And so, like, first off, that's what a trailer is supposed to be. And then second off, um, the thing I, like, can't get over is with, like, for an example with the MCU, the, with, like, how the anti-intellectualism sometimes pops out. The thing I can never understand is, like, I always talk about this scene in The Winter Soldier, but I truly do not understand. The scene in The Winter Soldier when... Steve and Natasha find like the room with like Zola on all of the computers and Zola is basically doing like the villain like exposition dump when he's explaining to them how Hydra has been in shield the whole time and how they got away with it and so the the scene that I always remember or that I just don't understand how all of these like crit supposed critics missed is, like, the scene is literally, like, Natasha and Steve saying, like, there's no way that you couldn't have, like, got, how did you get away with all of this? There's no way that nobody ever, that someone never, like, noticed what you guys were doing. And then Zola says, like, sometimes people, sometimes people had to be, like, silenced or something like that. And, like, or they said, like, sometimes people didn't notice, and when they did, they were taken care of. Something along that line. And when he's saying that line on the TV in the room on like the computer right in front of them, they show the newspaper clippings of when Tony's parents were found in a quote unquote car accident when they're saying that, you know, they found ways to stop them. And then when they're saying that some people, they had some people that would help stop them, they like switched to showing like a couple photos of the Winter Soldier, like a photo of like his his arms and stuff like that. And so like us as the audience, when we saw that line, when we saw that scene, we knew that the winter soldier was Bucky then, but like Steven and Tasha did not, but like there is literally no other possibility on this planet, like an interpretation for that scene other than the winter soldier killed Tony's parents, because what else could it possibly mean when they're saying that, when people notice what was wrong, they were taken out and they show us a thing showing that they were killed, that they died in a car accident. And then especially them showing clips of the Winter Soldier, this like person that they knew seemed to be unkillable that was out here killing people and never being able to be found. That was just like this ghost that nobody understood who he was or what he was doing or how he got away with all this stuff. That is obviously what that scene is, but there's so many people that I've run into online who work, whose like entire jobs are critiquing media that like watch that scene and actively have argued with me and other people before when we've said that we realize that's what that scene meant. 
and that they think that we're exaggerating or that they think we're lying about it now because we're trying to sound like we're smart. And it's like, it's not being smart. It's literally giving you the information that the movie wants you to think. Like, there's no other reason that they would put that in during that scene if, except for that. And that's, like, one of those scenes that I'm just, like, I don't understand this, like, weird, that, like, that's the whole thing of, like, the anti-intellectualism that has happened from, like, dude bros that have propped up in the last few years from wanting to talk about the things like the MCU and Star Wars and DC and all that things that they've liked since they were kids that are now like popular but they I don't know what hap- what's happened where they don't realize these things and it legitimately feels like they don't realize that people have like feelings like um <laughs> that sounds harsh but it is true like a friend of mine on TikTok the other day a couple weeks ago she stitched a video and it was a video from one of those like dude bro sort of accounts and he was doing a video where he was trying to answer the question of like, why didn't Thor win this fight? And so the, the scene that he was talking about was like the scene in infinity war when Thor is trying to, is on like that one weird planet and he's having to like rebuild a new hammer. And he like is, I just remember him, his arms being like super stressed out like stretched out and it being like really hard on his body like he and it was like a big strength like um test of his strength and he was struggling with doing it and so this this person did like a one minute long video trying to explain why Thor was like struggling so much when he was on that planet and the explanation he gave was purely like power related like oh this like one thing was like zapping him of his power and that's why and acting and and it was really weird like that my friend like stitched the video because she was talking about how weird it was watching that but it was because the reason why Thor in that scene was struggling so much using like his powers the way he wanted to is because he was fucking traumatized and grieving because his entire family was dead like the beginning of that movie, the first scene, he sees like Idra Elba's character, I forget his name, get killed in front of him. He sees um, Loki get killed in front of him right after they like make peace and they like are getting along and stuff after his like parents died. He doesn't and like and like half the people and like and, you know, half of the people who were on his home planet are dead now too and more of them were killed when loki was killed like that is the reason why he was struggling in that scene and it is so weird watching people make videos like that where they're like not acknowledging the fact that these people are human beings and that they have feelings and when you're like when you're upset when you're super traumatized because you just saw your brother get killed right in front of you along with like a good friend of yours and a bunch of innocent people that you feel like you're in charge of saving and you feel like you've let literally everyone down and you're overwhelmed by like the grief of being the only one left and not knowing what the fuck to do like yeah that's going to affect how you're able to use your powers and there's nothing there's it's not like a scientific explanation about why it it reminds me so much of like during the last Jedi, like 
discussions that people tried to say it was a bad movie because bombs fell in space. And according to gravity in this universe, bombs wouldn't fall in space. And it's like, that is not why you don't like this movie. Like, just be honest about why you don't like it. Because, like, trying to find these nitpicky little details to say why you don't like this movie is silly. Like, the reason why people are invested into movies is because of the story is because of the characters because the characters have something that we're connected to that we are attached to them we know them well enough that we want to see their story we were very invested in what happens to them and like so when i see all of this weird like discourse that's happened about avatar the reason why nobody gave a shit about there being a sequel for Avatar and like James Cameron has literally been saying he's going to come out with one since like 2017. And I personally gave up before this year. I didn't think it was ever going to happen because he's talked about it for so long. <laughs> and but nobody was asking for that. There's no fandom for Avatar, even though it made a fuck ton of money. The only reason it made a fuck ton of money is because it was the first movie that had really cool 3D like special effects and with this movie it's the same thing the special effects are really cool which like yes that is cool but most people don't want to spend a bunch of money and spend three hours of their life watching a movie that doesn't have a very good story even if it is really pretty we need something else to make us feel invested in this world and like you that's why nobody cares about avatar and nobody's wanted a sequel nobody's cared if there is one and no one has like a per because there's no like personal attachment to this to this project to this thing and that is why no one wants to see this movie it's not because we watch the trailer and we let that like sully our mind it's not because we don't understand film enough or we don't understand how cool the special effects are is that we know all that but we don't care because it doesn't matter how pretty the special effects are if there's not if there's no heart behind the movie that makes me care about the world that these special effects are in. Like I I said this comparison on TikTok this week, but it reminds me so much. I always compare stuff like this to Star Wars because it's just the thing I know the best. But like, if really good special effects that were like very revolutionary for kind of film were the thing that made audiences love movies, then the prequel trilogy would be the most loved Star Wars movies. And they're not. Because, and that's actually the thing that people critique about it the most is how much it was obvious that George Lucas just wanted to play around with special effects and didn't spend as much time working on a story. That is exactly what James Cameron is doing. And so it's so weird seeing like this weird thing happen with Avatar. It's like James Cameron doesn't care if you don't think his story or his characters are interesting because he clearly didn't put as much effort into those as anything else in the movie because that's not why he was making this movie. He made this movie because he wanted to try to revolutionize, like, technology and whatnot. He doesn't care. Like, the story and the characters are an after effect. He doesn't care. He does not care. And that's, and that's not even bringing up the fact that he literally stole, like, the entire plot that is there from the movie from different indigenous tribes around the globe. Like that's a whole other story. But even if you don't know about that, he just, the fact that the original avatar, everyone said back then and everyone knew that the reason why nobody cared about those movies that like, I saw those movie, that movie, and I loved it back in 2008. I have, I can't even remember the names of the characters and I, 
struggle to remember like the plot besides the fact that it was like blue aliens on a cool like jungle planet um and that it was basically like fern gully just like redone again but but like i like nobody remembered anything about the movie because it didn't have like this emotional effect on us and where it would stay in our minds and so like he knew back then that the characterization and the story was pretty thin he didn't add to that in this movie because that he doesn't care so like can these film bros that keep like trying to yell at people saying we just don't get james cameron vision maybe give it a fucking rest because james cameron himself like james cameron knows how to write movies with like a good story and plot like and characterization like he wrote titanic for fuck's sake and like i know that's just like one of his movies but still the reason why people love that movie and why it's like a joke now for people to bring up the fact of like could both of them had fit on the door that's like a whole like never-ending argument that people get into which no both of them couldn't have fit on the door it's been like proven like scientifically that if which is what they showed in the movie that if jack was on the door both of them it would have sunk and they would have been in the water and so they both would have just died it only one of them could fit on the door and keep it floating the whole time, which is why Jack died. Um, anyway, like that, mo- that story was very much like a story that made you care. And they, he developed those characters really well. You don't need to know anything, every, absolutely everything about either one of them, but you know enough about them to be very invested in their story and, the reason why people love that movie still and continue to watch it is because we want, we are always hoping when we get to the end of the movie that somehow Jack and Rose will figure out a way to like get away and that somehow Jack will live, even though we know every single time he's going to die. And like, so James Cameron knows what to do if he really wanted to make a really good story that way. It's just that he doesn't give a shit. And it's so weird to see like people whose entire jobs are critiquing movies to like, think that that's fine it like makes me confused of like why do you like movies then like do you even understand why you grew up liking comic books or like liking star wars or lord of the rings or whatever like do you really understand why you feel attached to these things like we didn't we weren't attached to like luke sky i wasn't attached to luke skywalker back in the day because um because lightsabers are cool, even though lightsabers are cool and Jedi powers are cool, even though that's true. I was attached to him back in the day because he was this optimistic kid who had a rough, like, who had, a, like, a kind of a hard life and never felt like he fit in and found out that his dad was a monster, but instead, like, showed him empathy and refused to let himself turn into someone that he wasn't, even if it meant he died. And but either way, like from the beginning, the reason why I loved Luke was because he was this good, like very sweet and like optimistic kind of innocent, like, but not completely innocent person that believed in the good in people and wanted to help people wherever he could. That's the shit. That's why I loved Luke and what loved Star Wars, not because his like weapon was cool, not because the special effects were cool. I'm just like, when people talk about anti-intellectualism, this is the kind of shit that we mean. Like, 
if you can't even figure out why you like art, what are we even doing? 